0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, let's kind of jump right in like we always do. Uh, I want to talk to you today about worship. I want to talk to you around the subject of worship. You know, worship is a a very interesting subject. Worship is a very interesting subject. Topic, right? There, there are a lot of ways to worship. There are a lot of ways that people express their worship. Their worship, right? Like, like if you've ever been in a, if you've ever been, been in this kind of setting, in a corporate setting, there's a lot of stuff that goes down during worship, right? There's a lot of stuff that's going on in us. There's a lot of stuff that's going on on around us. I, I even have this sense like. What is what is what does it mean to actually worship God? I mean, what really is worship? What happens when we worship? What's going on in the room when we worship? Why does it seem like sometimes worship is off the charts, uh, off the charts, and then sometimes worship is just kind of, eh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like worship is it's this kind of this diverse this thing like like why do people jump? Why does Pastor Keith jump all the time, every service? Why is he always jumping? Why do people clap their hands? Why do you hear some people shout? Why, why would some people use, use flags to worship? Why, why do some people stay still? Why do you cry during worship? Like, oh, is it okay to use a fog machine? Is it, fog machine's okay? I feel like the Lord shows up more when there's a fog machine. Like, what about fog machines? There's, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting topic, and it's kind of one of the reasons I want to talk to you about it today, because there are a lot of, uh, maybe, maybe we could call them opinions, there are a lot of expressions of worship, there's diversity in the people of God when it comes to worshiping Him, and I want to kind of just, just talk around, maybe even not in a, in a very flowy way this morning, i got a lot of ideas kind of bouncing around in my head. But I want us to talk around this, this idea, and, and here's my goal. I have two goals today. I want, to, I want to kind of bring clarity to what worship really is. And not what we feel like worship is, but actually what Scripture says that worship is. But more importantly today, I, my, my goal is that, is that the, the more that you learn about worship today, the closer that you get to Him. If you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear this. Worship is not about worship, worship is about Him. Worship is not about us. Worship is about Him. Worship is not about how good the music is. Worship is about Him. Worship is not about if we feel it this Sunday or not. Worship is about Him. It is not about our feelings. It is not about the people. It is not about um, uh, necessarily all the lighting in the room. Yeah, all these things. It's not about the fog machines or lack thereof. And all those things play a part in our worship service. But more than anything else, I want you to realize that worship is about him. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy that we lift our hands. He is worthy that we clap our hands. He is worthy that we sing out of tune every Sunday. He's worthy of that. We weren't just, there aren't certain, Hear me. today, there are not certain people that are created to be worshipers and others that are not. We were all created to be worshipers. Now, obviously, Bethany Worley is going to sing better than you every time. There are people who have a talent. There are people that God has blessed to lead us into worship. Some of y'all wouldn't know what to do if we put you in this cage right here, right? You would have a lot of fun, but you would not know what you were doing. There's people who are gifted by God. Man, it's it's an amazing thing that we have such gifted people to lead us into worship. But my goal today in talking about worship is not that you learn how to worship better, but that you connect to him, that you go deeper with him, that you go higher with him, that you get to know him and he gets to know you, that you connect to him in an intimate, loving way. That That is what worship is all about. And here's why I believe that. Here's why I believe you can connect to him deeper and go higher. Because I, I know this, the more that you know about someone, the more that you can love them. And The more you learn about him, the more there is to worship. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open up and turn to John chapter four. Because Jesus actually, uh, he, he begins to explain what worship is in this story Um, as he's talking to the woman at the well. Now, um, there's a lot of of things you can pull out of this story, and we're not going to read the whole thing, um, but we're going to pick up in in verse 21 here in just a second. Um, To kind of catch you up, um, Jesus has come into contact with this woman at the well. She's a Samaritan. He's a Jew. These two people groups do not associate with one another. They barely talk to one another. Uh, Jesus begins to have words of knowledge and call her out, and, and tell her things about her life that just quite frankly blows her mind. And, um, and I love, I actually love this, this uh, story because Jesus is like, yeah, you, you don't have a husband. You have five of them. And the one that you're living with right now, you're not even married to him. And the very next line, this woman says, you're a prophet, aren't you? And then, th- then like typical human, what, what does she do? She just completely changes the subject. She's like, I'm, I'm, no more talking about me. And she, but she asks this question. And here's a question that she asked uh, right before we we're going to read today. She says, she says, you Jews claim that we're, we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem, but we as Samaritans claim that we worship right here at this mountain. Why, you actually think that we're wrong for worshiping here. Where would you say, since you're this prophet and you've been reading my mail all day, where would you say that we are supposed to worship? And this is Jesus' response in verse 21. He replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one that you worship. I think it's interesting right here that Jesus begins to make a correlation between what you know about him and your worship. What you know about him and your worship. He says, you know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers, come on, say true worshipers. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. This is, if you underlined in your Bible, this is a good place to underline The Father is looking for those who worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I want to title the message today, The Father is Looking. The Father is Looking. Would you just take a moment and pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for your word. We we put it in the highest regard today. We, we, We say today that your word is is elevated and valued so much so in our life that everything that it says, we want it to affect us. Any area that doesn't line up with this word, we say change it. Um, Show us, show us the truth today, Lord, in your word. We, uh, like the parable, we just say we have have good soil today. Our hearts are good soil for your seed to fall on. And I pray that it produces a, a harvest today for your people. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 Um, I want to kind of take you back this morning to when you were a kid, all right? How many of you remember when you were a kid and you did something mean to someone or you did something bad and your parents made you go and apologize? Anybody remember some of those things that you had to go and apologize for? I, we just recently had one in our family where my middle son was uh, just walking by my neighbor's yard and saw their bush there, and he just decided to jump on it and break it all to pieces. And I'm like, don't you know your dad's a pastor? They know this, son. Like, you can't be doing these things, right? No, I didn't say that to him. He's just a kid, and I'm just a person, right? He's, he's sitting there, and, he, and I go to him, and I'm like, what? Why? That's the question of his parents. I right? was like, why, why did you do that? And he looked at me and in all hundred percent honest, he goes, I don't know. And I was like, I get it. I get it, man. Because as men, you know what we do? Sometimes we just look at something and our first thought is I kind of want to destroy that. And then we do it and we're like, that was really fun. I'm not sure why I did it, but it was fun why I did it. And then we walk away. Right. I'm pretty sure that's what, that's what happened. But I made him, I said, all right, well, number one, you're going to get a spanking. And then number two, we're going to walk over to the neighbors and we're going to knock on the door and you're going to walk in and you're going to tell them what you did and you're going to apologize and you're going to offer to pay for it with your own birthday money. Some will say, man, that's good parenting right there. That's good parenting. That's what that is. So we, we, we walked in and he it was so, I mean, I just, it's, have you ever had those moments as a, as a parent where you're, you're almost like you're watching your kid do something and you remember when you were there suffering on the inside and it just brings you a little bit of joy? I'm not sure if that's okay. I'm not sure if that's right, but I'm just like, this is so awesome that you're suffering right now. I've been there so many times. It feels good. It feels good to be on the other side now, you know? But he apologized. You could tell he felt it and he said sorry and it was all, all a really, really good thing. He learned a lot. But we've all, also all been in this place where in fact, by a show of hands, how many have ever been made to apologize, but you didn't mean it? You just did it because mom and dad say, apologize to your brother. Apologize to your sister. And you didn't mean it. It wasn't sincere. You, barely, you, you couldn't get the words out faster out of your mouth before you were gone. I mean, it was like, sorry, and then boom, you're out, right? Like you would just, and, but there was no emotion attached See, I think that we could all agree this morning that those kind of apologies aren't real apologies, right? As a parent, we look at our kids and we we want them to apologize. We we want them to feel it. We want them to actually mean it. We want to hear sincerity in their voice and know that, that it's actually coming. They actually maybe even regret what they did. They realize that they actually messed up, and there's some emotion behind what they're doing see, I I use that example today because I think that this is what Jesus was trying to explain to this woman at the well, what he was trying to explain to her about worship. He was trying to explain to her that when it comes to worship, it's not true worship unless you mean it. In fact, he says these words, the Father is looking. What is a father looking for? He's looking for those true worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth. Here's what he was, he was trying to say. He's saying, when you worship, there should be some sincerity in your worship. When you worship, there's some, there should be some emotion behind your worship. There should be, should be some feelings behind the words that you're saying. There should actually be some, some actions. some like, I should be able to see it on your face and be able to see it in your body language. That like when you worship, you're called to worship in spirit and in truth. See, this word spirit, you know what it, you know what it can be translated as? It actually means the soul. It actually means the heart. Jesus said it, if I could say it this way, he said, the Father is looking for people who will worship with their heart. He's looking for people who will worship with this, this thing on the inside of them. That if, if, we're, if we're all to be honest, like it's kind of hard to put words to all what all this is here. For those listening on podcast, I'm pointing to my heart right now. <laughs> like all this that makes up us All our mind, our will, our emotions, our our spirit. You know, how many know we are a spirit? We have a soul. We live in a body. We're a three-part being, which means we're complicated. There's a spirit in us. There's a soul in us. And what Jesus is saying, he's saying, I want you to worship God with that. I want you to worship him with that, that raw emotion and that will and that, and you're, you're not just using your mind, but your heart's involved and in, like there's, there's actually some spirit, like worship is spiritual. I know y'all are y'all, y'all looking at me like you don't believe me, so I'm going to read a, a quote from a, a guy that you probably respect. His name's Charles Spurgeon. He's done a lot more than I have. He's pretty popular. He says this. He says, God is to be praised with the voice and the heart should go therewith in holy exaltation. To be praised with voice, and it's, it's, it's literally like our heart is attached to the words that are coming out of our mouth and that we're singing to him. And today I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to point my finger at you and say, you're not doing this. What I'm actually trying to do is explain to you what's, what's really going on on the inside of you. You want to know why you cry every time you come into worship? Because it's spiritual. Because you're worshiping him in your, in your spirit. You're worshiping him with, 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 with your soul. You want to know why you can't help but lift your hands? Because there's emotion involved. There's, there's this soul thing involved in what in what you're doing. It's, it's the same thing that gets involved whenever Texas Tech scores that touchdown or when they, which they didn't do very often this last year, but we're going to help them this year. We're praying and believing and declaring for them. Or when they, it's just true, when they score that basket, when, that, that thing on the inside that makes you want to celebrate. Guys, that's called emotion. Guys, you, your, your wife isn't the only one that God created to be emotional. There's this part of you. <laughs> I don't know. I just heard this in my head. God didn't create w- a woman with spirit, soul, and body, and man with just spirit and body. No, he gave you a soul, too. He gave you this part where he's actually, he's actually looking. Hear me! Hear, hear me. Jesus is teaching us about worship here, and he makes a, a fascinating statement. He says the Father is looking for this kind of worship. That's what the Father wants. He wants us to worship him with our soul. Now, I I wanna I wanna kind of give you a disclaimer this morning. Because what I'm not saying is that everyone needs to jump and everyone needs to clap and everyone needs to sprint around the building and everyone needs to have flags and everyone no, no, no. What but what I am saying is what I am, I'm asking you this question Is your soul involved in your worship? is are soul-involved. There's something on the inside of you. You know, I, I've been reminded multiple times as I've been looking over this message. How many of you remember David Crowder, the David Crowder band? And y'all all know the song, right? The, the, they had to change the song because it made people feel so uncomfortable, right? What does it say? And heaven meets earth with a sloppy wet kiss. And my heart turns violently inside of my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves me. He they David Crowder Band was on it in the 90s. Because what they were describing was a spirit kind of worship. Bill Johnson says <clears throat> this about worship and how spiritual it is. He says, worshiping in spirit is a partnering with the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus. I would argue today that there's two parts to this spirit thing. It's not just our soul. It's not just our emotions, but it's actually the spirit on the inside of us, partnering with the Holy Spirit, ministering to Jesus. I don't all the way know how to explain that to you. (laughs) But it's just, it's spiritual. I remember when I was in the ninth or tenth grade and I went to a conference in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I was there with all my buddies and all my friends. And, and we 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 I don't know if you remember Desperation Band, if you ever heard of Desperation Band, but they were they were amazing. And we 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 went into the first service that night. And I'm trying to be cool, Keith. I'm trying to be put together, Keith. I'm trying to be back row Baptist, Keith, right? I'm trying to be sitting, in the, oh, I'm going to be cool. Oh, look at all these people lifting their hands. I'm cool. i cool. I'll sing my songs like this. A minute and 30 seconds in, both hands are up. I'm crying. It's a, I mean, it's youth conference, right? It's where your life changes. And I'd always wanted to, deep down on the inside, I always wanted to raise my hands. And I, could, I will never forget the first moment that I did it. And I lifted my hands to Jesus. I didn't care what my friends thought. I didn't care to be cool anymore. I was so moved by my love for him that I had to express it with my soul and with my body. And it broke something off of me that day. It wasn't a minute and a half later I was jumping after that. I still haven't sprinted around a building, but I'm, I'm trying, I want to get there. Can you Just let me do that one second. I just want to get a good lap. I may pull a hammy, but I want a good lap and come back around. And it doesn't have to look a certain way because I'll just tell you, you know what? I've seen guys and, and, and ladies just up here. They'll come, I've seen them come to the front, get on their knees, lift their hands, shout, clap. But I've also seen the men that stand there with both hands in their pocket with tears rolling down their face. It's this emotional side. And I I know I'm kind of (laughs) belaboring the point, but I I, I will say this. If if there's one thing that I am, I'm emotional. If you need a little bit of emotion, I have plenty to give you. (laughs) You want me to lay hands and impart emotion to you? I'm here. I got you guys. But I know what can happen in your life whenever you let God into that part of your life. When you worship him with abandon. When you actually worship in spirit. In spirit. In spirit. We're called to worship in spirit. Come on, we're called to worship in spirit. It's a spiritual thing. Mark chapter 12. It's another scripture to kind of go along with this. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all that you are, with everything that you have, all your heart. It's in there, all your soul. It's right there. That's it, that's it right there. Your heart, your heart needs to be involved. You know, one of the things I've learned to do when it comes to worship is I've actually learned to watch the worshipers up here. I've actually learned to tap into the creatives that we have in our body. We all, we all know the creatives and the worshipers worship just a little bit different than most of us, right? But they're able to express what's going on on the inside of them. And and, and, and I, I've noticed, I don't purposely do this, but I've I've noticed, I'll start... My, my emotions and my physical actions will start looking like what people do up here. I mean, have y'all, ever, have y'all seen the Bethany Worley stomp? Where's she at? Have y'all seen the, the jog, the jog in place where she's singing? You will. If you haven't seen it yet, just keep showing up, you'll see it. And all, all of a sudden I noticed one, one, one worship service. I'm over down there just doing the Bethany stomp, just everywhere, just worshiping and going. I'm like, that feels good. I mean, I'm, I'm white, but I feel like I'm dancing and moving a little bit, like kind of good right now. And again, let me say, I'm not saying that you have to do that. But I can speak from experience. And I can say that the Lord has moved me into places of faith where I have to risk it for him in worship. And it's broken things off my life. You know what, guys? I didn't plan on saying this. Sometimes, you know what the Lord is actually wanting to do? He's actually, he's, he's wanting you to, he's, he's prompting you, the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do that thing in worship because he's actually wanting to break the fear of man off of your life. He's wanting to get that, that insecurity, fear, what will people think, how will they see me, can I be a business leader and clap my hands during worship? Yeah, you can. It's, okay, I'm going to move on. <laughs> It's this worshiping in spirit that he's so worthy of. Amen. But Jesus says another word when he talks about worship. He says to worship in spirit and in truth. What does it mean to worship him in truth? I believe it means actually a couple of things. Number one, it's kind of simple. I think it means that he wants to be worshiped in the truth of who he really is. Not, a, not in the truth of what we feel, but the truth of who Scripture says that he is. That he is the promise keeper. That he is the way maker. Right? That, that, that miracles still do happen. That when we open up our mouth, miracles start coming out. When, 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 we, when we open up our mouth, we, walls break down. There's, there's these lyrics that we sing in these songs. And, 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 and they're powerful, why? Because they're true. He wants to be worshiped in truth, that we say true things about him. Like, I'm still kind of dealing with the, the, the old 90s songs that, what is it, Blessed Be the Name, that the whole you give and take away part, I'm not really sure if he takes away. I was, I was laughing with the worship team today, because, like, when I sing that song, I'm like, you give in, you give in. No, I'm just like, I can't sing it. I can't do it. I'm not sure if it's true. Because the Lord is worthy of our worship, that we worship in truth. That we have songs that are, that are true about him. That they're true about him despite our circumstances. That they're true about him no matter our experiences and what we're actually seeing. That they're true about him and they're true about us. We're worshiping him in truth. I was listening to a message by Steve Backlund this week, and the Lord told him many years ago, he was talking to him about the power of declaration, speaking truth out of his mouth. And he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he pretty much said to Steve, um, uh, because Steve was complaining about how uh, worship leaders would just repeat the same lyric over and over and over again. He's like, yeah, Lord, okay, after the 15th time, I know that you're faithful, I'm done, can we move on? And the Lord said, well, the reason I'm I'm leading the worship leaders to do that is because that's the only way I can get you to declare out of your mouth who I am is during worship. A lot of times, the the only times we actually tell him who he is is when we sing it and when we got a pretty tune behind us and when... And, and, and here's what, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying use that. Worship was literally given so that we could, so that we could do that in a beautiful, intimate, connection way. We're called to worship him in scriptural truth, but I think Jesus, what he also meant when he said to worship him in truth, he meant for you to worship him truly how you really are. That he wanted you to come to him in realness. That he wanted you to come to him in the middle of your mess, that he wanted to come, wanted you to come to him in the middle of all your struggles, in the middle of your sin. He's saying, Lord, here I am. This is me. And you're vulnerable with him. And you open up your heart to him. Say, Yeah, Lord, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Good news, he already knew that anyway. But no matter what is going on in your life, you just say, Lord, I, there's been times when I've been here, even on a Sunday morning, I'm going to preach. And I say, Lord, I, don't, I just, I'm not feeling it today. I don't feel like worshiping. But I'm going to worship anyway. But I just took a moment, I was just real with Him. spirit and in truth. It's moments where you just say, Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you're true. Lord, you've never let me down. Lord, you've always been there. Lord, you are my shelter. You are my most high. You are the one that I run into and I find safety. Thank you, Lord, that you're that good. Lord, you are, you are a good Father. You've got a plan for me to prosper me, not to harm me. You've got a hope and a future for me that is better than I could ever think. You want to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask, think, or imagine. Lord, thank you so much that you love me that much and that you want that for me. And what's beautiful about this trueness and this worship to him, you don't even have to have music to do it. You just have this true moment, this truth moment. Lord, I want to pray for people and see them get healed. And most of the time when I pray, I I don't see it. But here's what I know, Lord. You're the healer. And your word says that when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. So, Lord, I just thank you right now that you chose me and that you want to use me. That right, You know what that is? That, That was just worship. You just said, oh, man, this is how I feel, but. You, ever, you ever, ever noticed how David did that? He said, Lord, I feel like you've just given me up to my enemies. But then, he, but then he will switch and go, but. Oh, but God, you're faithful. Oh, but God, you've never let me down. Oh, but God, just like I defeated Goliath, you'll help me defeat these people. Oh, but God. It's this beautiful, it's this beautiful picture of worship of being real, but being in faith. Some of you are even beginning to worship right now, just go for it. It's worthy of our worship. Psalms 95, six. I actually wanna read these scriptures because I I really want you to know if if you're out there today and you've you've maybe even wondered like, Lord, am I, Is is it really, is it okay for us to clap? Is it okay to jump? Am I being disrespectful? Am I, and that's a real thought, especially growing up in the Bible belt. It's like God's holy. We we don't want to mess that up. And I just want to give you some scriptures today that tell us how to worship. Psalms 95, six, it says, come, let us worship and bow down. That word worship, you know that the definition actually means, it means to bow down in homage to someone or something. But notice the physical posture. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 63 says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. This is, one of the first, this is the first scripture my son Jackson learned. Psalms 47, clap your hands all you people. Shout to God with joy. Oh, clap your hands all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Would you just close your eyes right now? Can we just, let's just worship him. The king of kings, the Lord of lords. One of the things I've learned about a physical expression, like lifting my hands or, or kneeling, is it actually... What it does is it creates a point of contact where I can, I can actually connect to him with my word. It helps my words connect to him. It helps my soul connect. Come on, just begin to just tell him how good he is in your own, own way. How thankful you are for him. scripture about who he is. Just begin to tell him that. Tell him that he's faithful. Thank him for his grace, his mercy, his love, steadfast love. (laughs) I just sense this one for the room. Lord, we just thank you that you are slow to anger. You're not angry at us today, you're not disappointed. Thank you, Lord, that you're not angry and disappointed with us today. (laughs) Your mercy endures for all generations. Where sin abounds, that much more does grace abound. Lord, thank you that your grace abounds further.